This is Tribecast. And in this episode, we have two female guests for you. First, you'll hear Eva Vicens. And after the recording, Eva told me that there is still one thing she would like you to know. The Sustainability and Impact Club events can be found on eCampus social media. And enrollment to Session 2 and Impact Challenges can be done via eCampus website. So if you get interested in what we're talking with Eva, please check eCampus social media and join the club. And after that, you'll hear a very special interview with the most unexpected guest. I would even not say the name now, so Just listen, wait, and stay warm and tuned. Glad that you made it today for the interview, Eva. Could you please introduce yourself to our listeners so they start to get fascinated about you as much <laughs> as I am and a few colleagues of mine are? <laughs> Thank you, Marina, for inviting me. Uh, I'm very happy to share a moment with you. I am French-Italian and I landed in Tampere eight years ago now to create a startup uh, company. I was uh, very new in the startup world, uh, but with a team of five uh, super skilled uh, guys, we really wanted to uh, contribute to climate change crisis mitigation with a project focused on um, solving energy poverty in developing countries. I'm also um, an entrepreneur um, with my own company, And um, I used to be a publisher before that in France and work in art and tourism. I also used to be a teacher in La Sorbonne. Mm -hmm. So I took um, a leap. <laughs> and uh, when I understood how serious climate change crisis was, I dedicated all my resources and my time to contribute to something meaningful. And then I discovered that I, I love entrepreneurship. That's really something I, I value, yeah. All right. And also one of the first things I learned about you quite some time ago during the startup weekend, uh, you told me that you're a sustainable mom. Yes, I'm trying. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to be coherent in everything. Um, it's tricky because uh, I was extremely surprised that Finland is, is very much behind Uh, when it comes to sustainability, okay, compared to France, uh, <laughs> we are behind. But in the Scandinavian team, Finland is behind. For example, the price of organic and local food is just, like, unacceptable. So um, I think that's spreading more and more uh, about the hidden costs and why it's important to have a local food system and uh, to reinforce that versus um, imports. I think all this is part of uh, also of being a mom and, uh, yeah, educating somehow. However, stepping into the field of producing and selling local products, there is some kind of threat that you will never be, you know, well off with this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like you have your own small farm, you sell to the locals, you kind of make enough to make the living, but you cannot afford, you know, a one-week cruise. It depends. It depends um, of the model of society we want. It really depends on that. If we have in mind a kind of infinite growth or some like somehow we can manage, you know, with the loss of biodiversity and resources a little bit everywhere and all the complex changes in, in almost every system, Uh, I think we are asked globally to review uh, and uh, upgrade what kind of society we want to build. I mean, uh, everything was based on local. 
global is great, but uh, maybe we went too far in that direction. So maybe I don't think there is one ready-made solution. I think this is a process and it has to be a co-creation with all the stakeholders. Also, I was thinking about it for a while and I was looking for someone to discuss it with. So now I have perfect feet for it. Um, have I thought that there is a bit of fake feeling when we hear that a big corporation is going eco-friendly or stuff like that? What do you mean by fake feeling? You what know, you like mean? that maybe I'm just prejudiced um, when um, I think of a big prosperous corporations with millions of workers and thousands millions of money in there in the system. I think that they are very much into profit and so much into profit that they don't really, you know, notice anything happening around. Okay. It depends. Uh, again, it's complex. And um, I've been an activist, so I, I, I really played a lot the game of I have the solution and I know what to answer you. So mm -hmm. I took my lesson. Mm -hmm. And it really depends. Some corporations are involved in very complex processes and depending heavily on fossil fuels. So, of course, it's not easy for them to transition. Are they well encouraged by government? It's a question. Uh, what part uh, like the lobbies of fossil fuels are playing into their decision making it's another question how are the regulation happening you know and yes there is a lot of greenwashing ongoing a lot but there are also like many companies especially family business who are really willing you know to make a change and sometimes they don't really know where to start Can the students uh, of Tampere universities who attend the Sustainability and Impact Club learn all this from you there? Or how does the thing work? Because okay. I heard this, I saw the posters on the internet, and of course, impact and sustainability are becoming more and more buzzwords in a good sense. But what's behind? Well, first of all, it was my reaction at the Earth Strike last October around Greta Thunberg when I was in Keskustori and I saw all these young people, you know, asking for something and then no space to continue the discussion or at least transform the protest and stress in a fruitful discussion. So that was my first like, okay, we need a space here. And the first purpose of the Sustainability and Impact Club at Y Campus is really to provide a distress space. It's me at the moment running this. It's a pilot. And um, my, my take, if I can uh, say that, is that I have a mix of um, activism. I have worked in developing countries, in India mainly. I have worked with partners in the Silicon Valley, and I've been working in Finland and Europe. So I combine a very rich experience. And uh, I was thinking that for students, you know, who feel very often depressed, um, because, of course, like this change of society model is taking us, you know, why should I make more profit? Why should I run a company? You know, like it's a pretty deep question and all of them are asking themselves this question. So first it's a space to discuss that and I introducing them to all the inspirational people I've met or I've heard about who are like truly committed to do something and who are having amazing results and they are not in the mainstream media yet. And it's very different to watch a documentary on your laptop at midnight and just to have a discussion with real people surrounded by fellow students who are like-minded or not. But then you can just have a discussion, you know, recycle your negative emotion and, and 
start to feel better, which is a starting point. <laughs> then the second thing is really to share with them my experience as an executive in a 200% impact companies because we created from scratch. Uh, it's a very ambitious goal. We've been through many, many challenges working with very different partners. Like we really started, we landed here with a suitcase and a good idea. For three, four years, nobody believed in us except Finvera. And we ended up working with Varzilla and Silicon Valley Partners. And we are still on this journey. So, like, I don't have anything theoretical to share, just one experience with its weaknesses and strengths. And the last thing is to involve students in challenges. I am a doer. I don't know if I can. I am a doer. So I, I really think we can do things. And um, to make people or students understand that they have an impact during the whole day already. You know, we are impactful and this has to be sustainable. And that's the first thing. And then, okay, what can I change around me? Where can I have an impact? Because, of course... Even for myself, you know, if I look at the university, 35,000 students, we are a group of 15, I say, wow, you know, we should all be joining the discussion at the club or in other spaces and no matter. So if I just consider that the goal is just like so overwhelming, you know, so I focus on the impact. So, okay, we are a small group, but we are having events. We are I inviting um, sustainable and impactful entrepreneurs. Uh, we are tackling challenges. We are all very passionate. Soon we will have visibility on the web. And then we are more motivated, you know, to grow the group, like to expand and, and to do more. And I think that's how it works. That's what I have experienced in my own company, uh, GoSol. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I bring. <laughs> all right. Now I have so many questions. <laughs> uh, you mentioned challenges. Can you please give a few examples how it's what can it be? What can be yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. So the thing that uh, Finland is starting to discover, in my opinion, is that there are many, many differences between a startup and a sustainable impact startup. Like the ethics is at the core of everything we do. So it means that we very often need to rethink everything almost from scratch. So all this culture of the Silicon Valley startupper, which is amazing in that context and for a certain type of project, is not valid or relevant for most of the social and impact entrepreneurs. And I've, I really understood that when I was invited uh, last May in Oxford at Skoll Forum. So Jeff Skoll is the co-founder of eBay and is investing all his fortune to support impact and social entrepreneurs. For the first time in my life, I was surrounded by 3,000 impact uh, social entrepreneurs like me. And so like-minded people. Yes, like-minded and, you know, with no judgment on who's doing something important or something is less important. Like if someone is coming from the village, what he's doing is vital for this village. If yeah. someone thinks more global, okay. Yeah. So it's really the, the criteria of success, failure, evaluation, governance, money, ethic, management are very, very different. It's not just as you mentioned, like using sustainability and impact as buzzword, and then we go. So to give you a very concrete example, and then I will come back to the challenges, I was at a roundtable in Helsinki with the sustainable um, 
investors and entrepreneurs. And someone said, oh, you know, we need to educate social impact entrepreneurs. They don't know how to pitch. They are shy. Like sometimes, you know, they look a little bit like beggars. Mm-hmm. So, okay, it was a little bit hard to take. But m- my point of view and which I, I shared with the the guest is like, no, no, we don't need to educate social impact entrepreneurs because they are putting their skin there. We need to educate investors to listen and to understand that their framework, you know, their mindset needs to be updated with this very complex situation that humanity is facing. So the challenges are an introduction to that spirit. So for session one, we started with personal challenges. What impact can you have? And then students are um, choosing the challenges themselves. So first um, session was really like personal challenges to really try to, um, for students to, to learn calmly because it's very, very important to stay Calm and relax when we approach these complex um, challenges. So students learned how to, um, what impact they want to have. How do they feel empowered and when? And so for session two, we are taking bigger challenges. Uh, We have defined some. So for example, one of them is creating a guide for a sustainable student lifestyle. So all the tips we can find to encourage students to be more sustainable. And I believe that if we have more visibility around sustainability at the university, then university can become more inspiring, etc. So it's a positive loop, you know. All right. That definitely sounds like a call to action for me to all the university students who already interested in sustainability and impact or who would like to learn more about sustainability and impact to join the club. Thank you very much for having time for this interview, Eva. I could have asked you one million more questions and it would have been a fruitful discussion, but I assume that our listeners would never have the time to finish listening to this episode. Thank you, Marina. Hey, this is Tribecast with not Marina on the mic. It's me, Harri Halonen, part of Tribe Team. And today in the episode 46 of Tribecast. We're celebrating the one-year anniversary of Tribecast. That happened over a month ago already, on the 21st of January. And on that day, our lovely host received an official request. Hereby, the Tribe community, represented by the Tribe core team, submits the request for a Tribecast episode on our one and only Tribecast host herself. Shortly, you will be contacted by a trusted core team member and technical expert, me to schedule a time so today is the time today is the day of days and i welcome marina to tribecast welcome hello harry it's good to be here in the studio today and to sit on the other side of the microphone yeah lovely to hear you also and see you this time on the hot seat of the guest so as agreed upon before our team members have submitted some questions to you that you have no idea that what they're going to be about yeah, that's that's actually true. It's a complete uh, improvisation for me. So that's actually trying out to be a host, not a host, but a guest on my own podcast. Weird, weird, but fun. So <laughs> lovely. Happy to uh, indulge you in this. I'm quite nervous myself also. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I have my cue cards here and I'm going to read the first question from them. One member requested to open this interview with the office quote. So Marina... 
How dare you? <laughs> well, nobody tells me not to. Not to whatever I dare. Yeah, whatever you dare? Yeah. I mean, that's the point. Uh, I believe that tribe community is all about daring and doing and being brave. And um, I was just talking to the new interns that we invited to work with the core team recently. And we kind of agreed that it's always easier to do and then to ask or sometimes just do without asking the permission. And that's actually one big thing which I learned working here. So doers do and doers dare? Yes, doers dare, I would say that. Okay. So <clears throat> now to a more honest and serious question. How dare you? Come on. <laughs> That's an official question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, not, not that I don't believe you, but... So let's, like, what else do you dare? Like, outside of this realm of tribe and tribe cast. Well, how do you dare tribe cast? And how do you dare yourself? I mean... Tribecast was a complete improvisation. As the story goes, I was basically invited to be part of the Red Brick Accelerator in the very early Red Brick stage as a part of support team doing some marketing and some social media and whatever else. And we just talked with Mirza um, that it would be cool too because there are so many mentors and um, speakers who come to do the workshops. And we decided that it would be cool to somehow save their wisdom for the future generations and also for the people who maybe are interested to listen to them and who are not part of the team or something like that. And we came up with the idea of uh, recording them. Or basically I said, hey man, I used to do it. Maybe I can do it if you find me a mic. And then he was like, I love the idea of here's Vesco, here's uh, other team members. Let's Let's think what we can do with it. And yeah, so it was a pu pure pilot. Um, first, we thought of four episodes, then we ended up of doing eight episodes. And then it was like, okay, you can still do it. I mean, we bought the mics. <laughs> so. And here we are one year later. Yeah. And Ooh. here we are one year later and it's two people in the team and it's great support from the community and it's all the big events uh, besides. And it's my first overseas episode uh As you probably all know, we recorded a special episode at Arctic 15 Stockholm this year. It's a constant journey which is going and I'm still enjoying it most of the time. So that brings us to our third question. One year's Tribecast, which was the most memorable moment of the podcast? Hmm. I honestly don't remember the first interview. I mean, I don't really remember who was the first because there were a few tryouts and some technicalities and stuff like that. Um, I would say that Arctic 15 Helsinki was a memorable thing for me because uh, it was my first uh, recording out of the studio. That was weird and fascinating and difficult. <laughs> and the technicalities and, yeah, the media studio was very mm, specifically equipped. There were, like, loads of people constantly talking and um, I was really, really scared that the sound will be a complete mess. That was one highlight. Um, what else... Harry joining was one big thing for me because finally, finally, someone is looking on the sound while I'm talking to the guest. And yeah, probably the moment when I uploaded the first episode, I remember it clearly. It was this, just this feeling that, okay, it's out and I can see that people are listening to it. So you're excited to track the numbers? Or so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I mean, 
guys, if you ever feel that you need some new experience, upload something online and then just play with tracking the numbers. It's even more exciting than, you know, posting something on your social media and checking how many likes you get. It's just weird. You just update the app every 15 minutes. So has there been a growth during this time of Tribecast? We are constantly growing. Uh, if we take all the plays for now, they're around uh, 2,500. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't really track, like, personally every listener. Yeah, subscribers. We're subscriber. not CRI, yeah. you know. <laughs> Or KGB. So uh, for place, that's that's the numbers. So you answered really, really well on this question. You you didn't only get us give us one memorable moment. You gave us three memorable moments. Okay, we go to the question number four. What did you think when you first saw slash heard tribe? Honestly, I didn't even have any expectations or anything. I was told by a friend that it's a place to network. I was looking for a job, I was looking for connections, and I believed in myself as little as possible, I should say, at that point, so I was up to checking every opportunity. Everyone who ever visited Tribe knows that you have a passion for baking. Which is your favorite cake to eat, but also bake? Oh, that's really, you know, seasonal thing. I made one really cool cake for Christmas, which I did not bring to Tribe, actually, <laughs> because I just decided that I want to keep it home. It was a, call it a monk house. It's a weird construction of a dry dough filled in with uh, dried fruits, like raisins and apricots and stuff, and all that uh, poured into really heavily butter, um, butter-based cream. It's sweet, it's a combination of soft and dry, uh, and it's really easy to mess up, which I actually did. Okay. Because I, well, I m messed up the dough a bit. I really, really miss the bakery you can buy back home. That's probably one thing I miss about, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. in Finland, because just complete different recipes, and most of that stuff cannot be really made at home unless you buy some, you know, really cool equipment to whip the egg yolk and stuff like that. But I don't know, I enjoy baking even sometimes more than um, actual eating process, I should say, because I love w watching the dough. It's like this basic kitchen chemistry, you know. Yeah. You put, pour some soda and you put pour some lemon juice on it and it's like... Whoosh. You're a kitchen chemist. That's the <laughs> that, that sounds yeah. about right. So it's all about the making. No. Um, making and baking. It's more like sharing is caring, you know. I used to be a huge fan of Napolitana cake. Hmm. That's like probably one, one thing, but I don't know. I'm a sweet tooth in general. That really depends on the mood on the season. <coughs> do you make them from the top of your head or do you have a recipe of some kind? I usually follow the recipe. Okay. For these favorites, please DM Tribecast so <laughs> she will send you the recipe if you really, really want it. Yay. <laughs> or just drop by to Tribe Tampere. Probably what? there will be a cake on the table and an event on the stage. So, question number six. What was your favorite dessert as a child and why? Um, we have this pastry. It's um, very thin dry dough, which goes in a roll. And it's filled with um, whipped, um, whipped filling which is basically beze, but like soft one, so eggs and sugar. It was just perfect because there are so many ways to eat it. It's big, 
So you can either try to get the feeling out and then it's the dough, or you can buy it together. And it was so much fun because um, as a child, I used to have like sweets all over my face and hands. And it was like perfect to, you know, mess up. That was like a thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, my mom hated it, you know. Okay. For the last cue card, question number seven. Congratulations on one year of Tribecast. What do you think Tribe will be in 10 years' time? Tribe in 10 years' time? Mm. Well, for now, Tribe Tampere is the fastest developing startup community in Finland. And I assume that in 10 years, we'll have the numbers growing, both the numbers of the people being active here, people knowing about us, hopefully the numbers of financing being of our disposal. I basically believe in the future of Tribe. I hope that the ecosystem will start getting stronger and working together because one thing which, in my understanding, is important to do in Tampere is to continue the trend of building actually every player of startup community into the ecosystem so there is an um, easy way to reach anybody who is interested, whether it's a startup, an investor, a student looking for a summer internship or person willing to volunteer, a entrepreneur in the form of Toiminimi or whoever is there. So if we can continue making these people, make it in a good way, you know, um, be together as a network, as a community, that's one cool thing. And then, of course, hopefully we will have the we will continue having events like big ones like Stream or Tribex to start a World Cup. So I see the future there. And of course, hopefully more startups appear under the umbrella and become successful and um, create working places and stuff like that in Tampere area. Because I love the area. I think it has a great past and it has a history to be built further. That's a great point. I think that's that's just great. Entrepreneurship in general has a big upswing. What are your dreams and ideas for the next 10 years? I want a hedgehog. Hedgehog? You want a hedgehog? I want a hedgehog. I have a few few dreams of what I can be doing professionally. Um, and I have a very clear vision of what I would like to look like, but that's probably a little bit too personal. Um, hopefully I'll get a tattoo by then. That's probably one thing but yeah one one thing as you might have noticed the logo of tribecast is a hedgehog and that's actually one of my big personal dreams i as soon as i feel that i'm financially settled down i will get a pet hedgehog and white african thing they're cute and they eat at night so we can have late dinners together you know he's eating his whatever bugs and me having my salad stuff like that okay how do you know a hedgehog is male or female i've never oh you ask <laughs> so hey what about you mentioned a dream profession yeah. what kind of position where I mean I honestly love the current job of a community caretaker and maybe it will be the best thing for me both for what I can do uh, and what I would like to do is to do something something the same so you know helping with event organizing talking to people uh, building the network taking care on different levels I think it's a combination of my 
academic skills because I'm a Bachelor of Intercultural Communication and that's basically a clear implementation of what I can do academic-wise. But also that's a combination of some personal skills because I worked in sales, I worked on the radio, I also have a license as a translator, so I did lots of translating and interpreting on different parts of my life. I did some teaching. So I can play with all that. I like talking to people. I like helping people. My best part of the current work is when I can introduce some people to each other and I see this small hint of interest and I know, okay, probably it will be this guy will invest in their company. Probably those two startups can do something together. Probably this girl who just dropped by to meet her friend who is in some meeting, he'll be volunteering for Startup World Cup. And that's beautiful. That's when I say to myself, that was a good day. I had a couple bonus questions that came in late. One question was, what was the most hilarious incident or encounter during a podcast interview that happened? Um, I mean, there were a few issues when uh, the person would say something and I was like, do I really want it out? I had one guest who said the F word and he basically asked me, can I say it? And I said, yes. And then he said, and then... um, After some thinking and considering, I decided to erase it. During Slash Helsinki, there was a really beautiful interview with Dylan Fields. And this is one thing which I'm proud of because it took me 13 emails to prove to his media support team that, hey, Tribecast is a valuable fit in Finland. Can we please talk to the guy? And that was really beautiful because I think the interview went well. Oh, yeah, there was this one really, really cool thing. (laughs) Unfortunately, I made a decision to erase it from the recording. And um, that's one thing I regret badly because one of the tribe core team people uh, was talking to me and I asked him to introduce himself. And he was like talking for a minute and then he was like, I don't know what to say. Ask me something. I don't know. It sounded so funny to me. I regret badly that I deleted this part. And to the last bonus question, I don't know who who was the fellow lady who, who sent this in, but did you ever have sex on tribe premises? <laughs> I I'm really curious who of the team thought of this one. No idea. Uh, <laughs> um the thing is that in like one of my I have two native languages. Yeah, I, I'll go. I'll have a story, right? I always have a story. I have two native languages, and one of them is Russian. And in Russian, uh, we use the F word as a verb, also to mean that you work hard on it. So you can say I <clears throat> with uh, a podcast episode, which means that it was lots of editing, or I um, had a intercourse with. Um, during the meeting, which means that there was a person whom I was selling to and it was a tough guy or tough lady and I was like really pushing it or um, whatever, whatever the point of meeting was. So in that sense, yes. Otherwise, no. What? I don't even know that. That's a, that's a very curious language quirk. Welcome to my world. I mean, Finnish is my seventh language, so... And you're now learning it. I'm learning. I'm suffering. I'm suffering. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm having an intercourse with Finnish. Okay. Every Monday now. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Many, many warm wishes from all the team and myself for Tribecast and you, the hardworking host. Hyvää syntymäpäivää, Tribecast. And kiitos haastattelusta. Kiitos, Harry. 
Uh, thank you very much, the team, for the questions. Thank you very much, the community, for the support. And, of course, thank you very much to our listeners for being with us. That's quite a ride. That's quite a journey. And we'll work hard to continue continue bringing you some fun and some interesting news. I mean, it's a great story. Let's continue doing it together. I'd like to remind you that we now went on all the big platforms. So if you're still waiting for me to publish the link to the latest episode on LinkedIn or Facebook, you should check Spotify or YouTube or Google Podcast or Apple Podcast because we are all on of those. So check your favorite platform. We're probably there already. And if you feel that you could be a great guest to our studio, there's always a possibility of that. Otherwise, thank you for being with us. Let's stay together. Let's stay friends. And of course, thank you, Harry, for being my great support sound wizard. Thank you, Marina. I appreciate it. Thanks all. This was it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 46. Next week, we'll continue talking about what's happening in Tampere startup ecosystem. And for now, I wish you all a great weekend. Please continue listening to us, send us your messages on Twitter or to our Gmail, and stay warm and tuned.